Hello, ladies. You are listening to the Saludable Latina Women's Health and Wellness Podcast with Lilia Gomez-Ash. The Saludable Latina podcast started with the intention to raise awareness about a variety of women's health topics, but then I quickly realized that the wellness journey is full of transitions. So I expanded my mission to include topics such as spirituality, health, and wellness. I am more focused to bring authentic conversations with real women as well as health and wellness experts for their insights for growth in the wellness journey. I hope that you find all the guests that come to the Saludable Latina community as people who are doing purposeful, intentional work. They are smart and they are passionate and they have a dynamic point of view when it comes to the wellness space. So I hope that you're able to learn something from the conversations, from the health tips, or the conversations that we have from women to women. Are you ready for the new episodes? Well then, let's get started. All right, ladies, before we get started with tonight's episode, I wanted to share an item that I picked up over the counter because often at times now with the transition of weather, now we're getting a little bit of sun, a little bit of sol, and we all want to be outside but still taking precautionary steps due to COVID-19. Um, one of the things that we're very good at is buying SPF 15, 30, or 50, but we always forget to actually buy something that's going to help you cool down in case if you do get a really bad tan or a really bad burn from the sun. Um, we forget that there are products available that have a little bit of aloe vera with certain enriched uh, cucumber extracts or vitamin E's that can help soothe the burning on the skin. And I think it's very vitally important to be aware of that because more and more of us are wanting to do outdoor activities, not that the heat is picking up, but still being mindful of practicing social distancing and wearing your mask and hand washing and most of all being empathetic towards one another. Um, the Sun Bum actually has a collection of SPF products along with the cool down and I actually grabbed the SPF 50 and the cool down because I always have the tendency to sometimes forget to reapply a second coat of SPF if I've been outdoors for a very long time and so not too long ago I noticed you know when I went on a hike I applied my SPF but I also noticed that the SPF didn't do a really good job on my skin especially on my back so my back is a little burned and it hurts a little so the cool down spraying it into my hands and then lathering it onto my back of my shoulders and my back was so soothing because the product actually has the aloe vera which is commonly known for healing and soothing qualities for the skin combined with natural antioxidants such as a vitamin e and cucumber extract it's a really great uh, formula that is dry touch and it helps restore and protect your skin cells after exposure to the sun and all other outdoor elements which is really great with regular use of the cool down it can help moisturize and help maintain your tan longer while leaving your skin feeling um, silky smooth i also think that depending on your preference to look into items that are beneficial for your health and your skin but once again i actually bought this product and my skin had no reactions to it very easy to use it comes in a can it's a spray bottle and you can either apply it yourself or you can have a friend or your partner or your boyfriend or your hubby or just spray you on the areas that you feel you can reach i also definitely recommend never to forget to buy a cool down products because often we're just thinking about spf protecting 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 but sometimes we forget we get little burn areas and we're like oh i wish i had some lotion to relieve the itching and the burning on my skin so don't forget buy the spf and the cool down at the same time and the reason i'm saying cool down is because often at times we don't think about that so just remember next time you're shopping for an spf think about the cool down product too just in case if you get a little burn all right in this week's episode we are going to be talking to the founder of the wellness globe media kayla and she has a lot to say about her story and why she started the platform are you guys ready listas vamos un dos tres all right, ladies, welcome back to another episode of Saludable Latina Women's Health and Wellness. In today's episode, we have Kayla, the founder of Wellness Glow Up Media. How are you doing, Kayla? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time this Sunday afternoon to be able to 
get a little girl talk in about wellness. As we know, I am pretty sure you have lots to share with us today. So we're going to get right into that. But before we do, can you introduce yourself a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what do you do? So that way our audience and let's just can know who you are. Of course, of course. So hello, my name is Kayla. I, like Lilia mentioned, I'm the founder of Wellness Glow Up Media. And uh, Wellness Glow Up Media is a platform dedicated to amplifying and focusing on health and wellness for women of color. And so I have been a holistic health coach for about two and a half, three years at this point. And I was coaching and then I realized more recently that my, my love is to really amplify and showcase a lot of the more melanated stories that we have within the space. And there's not a ton of platforms that are actually doing it from a holistic standpoint. So we have a podcast, we have um, a blog, we have a lot of other things coming out like workshops and classes and things like that. So my goal is with this platform is to really make it a holistic place that's a safe space for a lot of women of color and ensure that our voices are getting amplified and our stories are getting amplified. And, you know, that's kind of uh, my love and something that I've really, you know, enjoyed over the course of my tenured career. I've been in sales and marketing in the corporate space for about 10 years. So it's it's definitely been something where as I'm shifting from this identity that I've had of being in the corporate space into this entrepreneurship and very creative space, it's been something that has been not only absolutely terrifying, but it's been, you know, amazing and wonderful to kind of be able to to do these things. So well, let me tell you, as far as what I've navigated so far from your webpage and your creation and the wellness podcast episodes, I'm amazed by all the work that you're actually doing because you are amplifying a lot of the stories from women of color, especially when it comes to certain diagnosis. I think at times also too, when we find women who will like to share their stories, it even amplifies us even more to create that awareness and create that dialogue. But before we get started with, with your story, you mentioned you were in marketing. So was there a lot of stress going on in your environment with marketing? Because I can only imagine, you, you know, you're in New Jersey, it's a fast paced environment. And on top of that, you're in marketing. How was that journey for you? And then during that journey, it's going to be a two question part. Was there anything that you were experiencing in your wellness when you were in that environment? Yeah, I'd say stress was an understatement. It was, what's interesting is even like my health coaching, my focus and my center for a long time was coaching high-performing women within the, usually the marketing or sales space, because those are kind of the ones that I was very used to. And quite frankly, like a lot of my coworkers would just come to me, be like, hey, how did, how, like, how did you transfer from being this really stressed out professional to what you are now, which I was very zen. I was very calm, bringing my own food and things like that. But essentially my career and even like before my career in college. So everything kind of started in college where I was at a PWI institution and it was something where because I was the one of the only women of color in a lot of my classes, I wanted to ball out. And I was like, I wanted to do all the things I wanted. I was like, I want to do, I would be like a summa cum laude. I want to do, um, or summa cum laude. Wow brain fart. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I wanted to do these things. I wanted to really you know, be at the top of my game because I realized that I was in this space where, again, I was kind of the, rep- unfortunately, the representation for a lot of people of what Latinas would essentially, you know, show up as. And so in college, it really started where I was, you know, essentially just running myself ragged. I, w- I had four internships in college on top oh of God. a job, on top of all my classwork. And um, it became, and I also started really to experience a lot of gut issues. And so a lot of my gut issues were more stress-based related and they became essentially hard to ignore because I was, you know, in pain all the time. And while I was in pain, I was, I kind of put it to the side. I said, you know, what? I got to, I got to finish college. I got to do all the college things and make sure that I'm setting myself up for the future. And so it started in college where I was just so stressed out from everything that I was doing to where that transitioned into my professional work. So as soon as I graduated college, I got a job and I was working, you know, 15 hour days, sometimes 16 hour days. And the, and that never stopped until uh, one piece of my story that was completely, you know, an amazing part of my story was when my mom had passed and I literally had to take a pause and I had to say, okay, I need to pause because not only was I obviously grieving, but I was taking care of my family at that time. So I have two, uh, two younger siblings and then my dad and I, I had, I stepped in to my mom's role and I was, I just took care of them. And so it became something where that was my pause. And while, even though it was my pause, I didn't take the time to actually do the things. And I went right back to, you know, my, my corporate marketing career after that. And again, 
stress myself out working 15, 16 hour days until the, the next pivot was I had attempted suicide. And it was something where it was when you're, whenever you're in that very lonely state, it is absolutely terrifying. And so I realized at that point I had to make a change and I had to make a shift because I was just stressing myself myself out all the time. And so that kind of even lended to, you know, me just trying to figure out what was wrong with me because I had been out of doctor's offices for a long time and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And so when I say that I was stressed, I was burnt out and I, I was burnt out, you know, multiple times. So it really kind of started this want and need for me to be into holistic health and just understand how I can fix myself. But then because I was helping myself, because I was getting to this new place, a lot of people wanted me to help them as well. Thank you so much for being so open about your experiences during college and working and then with your mom stepping into her role and then experiencing also to some suicidal ideations. Can we talk about a little bit about your leaky gut? Because I also think when it comes to our leaky gut, it's really related to our mental health. It's, it's like this inner dialogue that often doesn't get expressed. Can you describe any preliminary symptoms that you were having when you were stressing yourself out in college and work 16-hour shifts and then stepping into the role of your mom? What were some of the preliminary symptoms that you were experiencing with your leaky gut? Yeah, what's interesting is I didn't even realize it was leaky gut. And I think that when we all start to experience like gut symptoms, we all think it's just like, just go get a gas X and like, let's yeah. fix it. Yeah. And so what's interesting about leaky gut and my symptoms is, and even like I was di- diagnosed, I put that in air quotes right now with IBS. And so what's interesting is like a lot of those symptoms this, those same symptoms started showing up. So I had, I mean, I was bloated. Like it looked like I was, you know, nine months pregnant at some point. Um, I was fatigued. I mean, I was exhausted. Like I would wake up at like 10 in the morning and then want to go to sleep at like six o'clock at night. Um, I was, you know, even for me, the, my skin issues. So I've had like eczema or like really red patches for a long time. They really started flaring up and like the, especially within my joints, not only were my joints a little messed up in terms of like just, you know, feeling pain, but like I would feel and have like redness and itchiness all over me. So that showed up that way. Also just general malabsorption issues where, um, again, fatigue is one of them, but um, I just wasn't getting the proper nutrients, especially, you know, one of, one of them was B12. So my hair started thinning and it was just like, I would pull clumps and clumps when I would just, you know, brush my hair, or get in the shower, like things like that. Uh, my skin was incredibly dry. So I, I'm like, maybe it was my thyroid, but you know, we know the, the distinct uh, correlation between thyroid and leaky gut now. So there was a piece there. So um, again, my, my skin was dry, but then my nails were really brittle. So it was kind of a lot of symptoms in one, but it's also hard to diagnose and for me to understand to say, oh yeah, it's leaky gut because I'm like, okay, there's 17 other things I can point to. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like, okay, something's off because of X, Y, and Z. And, and those were kind of the main symptoms that I had. And when you were experiencing these symptoms and now fast forwarding to the attempt that, you know, you had to step into your mother's role and you were back again in the work field and then you had the attempt in suicide. Did you feel that there was a lot of intercorrelation going on with your body as much as it was trying to move forward? And also you were probably trying to grieve on top of that. Can you describe for some folks that have been in those shoes of suicidal ideations, like what were your feelings? What did you go through? How did you uplift to get yourself through that transition? Yeah. (laughs) And it's something where I think all the time we hear about, you know, how do you manage mental health symptoms and how do you, you know, essentially to your point, get yourself out of there because it's a very, it could be a very dark hole. It could be a very, you know, deep hole. And so for me, it was, it was a combination of a few things. And I also will definitely make sure that I say I'm not a therapist. I am just, you know, want to share my story here. But Mm -hmm. one of the main things was obviously therapy. Therapy was, and was, is, and will always be a staple of my self-care practice and be a part of my wellness. Because again, I, I need that reflection from somebody. I need that ability and the tools that they give me to be able to do that. So therapy was huge. But one other thing from more of a holistic standpoint, things that I realized I could control is I was looking at, you know, there were some foods that I was eating that were incredibly inflammatory. And I say that both from the perspective of, and again, I put this in air quotes, clean foods versus more processed foods, because I never really in that time ate a ton of processed foods, but I really got clear on what I was putting in my body. So, you know, anything from like salad dressings where they had secret sugars in there where sugars really messed me up and they really spiked my blood sugar to where like I start to feel like really out of control at that point. And so it's just things like that, making sure I'm understanding what's, what's putting put in my body. Number two, also the way that I was moving my body, like I was doing two a days and 
when I say two a days, like I was running in the morning and then lifting at night where, you know, when I was in high school, I was an athlete and my whole life I was an athlete, but I'm like, Kayla, you're not an athlete anymore. So why are you, why are you doing this? And so I had to really, from a holistic standpoint, understand the ways that my body wanted to move at that point, because I was grieving and because I was so, you know, depressed and in this state, my body's like, you know what? I just want you to walk and I want you to maybe do some yoga. And like, that has been amazing for me. So understanding that, but then also understanding, and sometimes this is talked about in an overly simplistic way, but just journaling and, you know, what's going on in my head and what can I get out of my head? Because mm -hmm. I see so many times, and I just talked about this on my podcast is this concept of overthinking and, and Tanya Miller was on my podcast and she is a life coach. And so she was talking about this concept of overthinking and how when we don't get things on paper or we don't talk to a therapist or we don't you know, do these things to get these thoughts out of our head, we're continually on this hamster wheel of just thoughts processing over and over and over again mm -hmm. until we decide to get off the hamster wheel and actually address those things. So that was a huge component is just the thoughts that I was having and, and understanding the patterns of my thoughts, which again, obviously um, I figured out in multiple ways through journaling and therapy, but that was a huge one for me. And then the last one for me that was really, really helpful was cultivating my community and really leaning on my community at that point and understanding and really being true to the support that I had around me because I realized, and even something that I, that I have been dealing with for a while is especially after my mom passed is I would put up a lot of walls and I would be very distant because I didn't want to engage in somebody that I loved or cared about because I thought they were going to leave me. So I really had to cultivate my community and say, Hey, and this is kind of like a Brene Brown thing, but um, really approach it with, Hey, this is the story I'm telling myself and approach it from this place of, Hey, here's what the, not only the story, I'm telling myself, but here's the thoughts in my head of, of what I'm struggling with right now and really just kind of leading with some of that just so I could be able to cultivate my community to understand what I'm going through. And so that was something. And even today, as we're talking in 2020, I have been very, very good with understanding and cultivating my community in that way, just because I'm more aware of what I was doing, um, if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. And thank you so much for being able to share that knowledge uh, because there's something else that actually popped in my mind as you were describing and sharing your awareness is you talked about insulin and sugars and salad dressings because often at times, even when we think we're eating healthy, we're not reading the labels and the ingredients into certain food types. But I wanted to point this out because you really brought it into foreplay for me right now. Insulin and, and sugars on control can actually lead to anxiety and depression. So did you feel like your insulin sugars when they weren't stabilized, did, was that contributing also to to having those internal thoughts if you're not if you weren't writing them out? Oh, absolutely. And I think what's interesting about sugar is number one of what I just said before is sometimes they are very subverse. Again, they can be in, in salad dressings. They could be, they can be anywhere. And when you, when you really look close enough. And so I really had to get clear on that. But there are all there are also sugars that were in kind of plain sight for me. Like for example, in college, because I was dealing with a lot of depressive and and, and anxious thoughts, I would use food as medicine. And so that would kind of be my vice in some ways. So I would, you know, eat a ton of sugar in the form of cookies and things like that. So I realized what I was eating and I knew that there was sugar in them, but I didn't realize the impact it had on me. And then eat, take that even a step farther where, you know, alcohol for me is something where, again, we have, there's a lot of sugars in alcohol, especially more conventional alcohol is they add a ton more sugars than what usually is should be in, in alcohol. And so that those two for me, I realized as soon as I would consume them, like my mind would be racing and I would literally go to this deep, dark place of, you know, everything that's going wrong in the world and everything that's happening to me. And it was just this kind of the spiral. And so I realized I had to cut a lot of that out. And, and am I advocating for that in all instances? No. But for me, it was something where I took a step back and said, you know what? I really don't feel good when I have this stuff in my body. I really don't have, I really don't feel like I'm in control of a lot of my thoughts and the work that I'm doing when I'm putting those things into my body. So I had to be very careful and really clear on what I was going to put in my body and kind of set these boundaries even for myself in terms of, okay, you know, what's going in your body and, you know, how are you feeling after? Because at the end of the day, uh, I think that we all kind of cringe at this word restriction or we cringe at the idea mm -hmm. of restriction, but yeah. 
but for me, restriction and creating boundaries was creating freedom for myself, freedom from my depressive thoughts, freedom from my ability to be on the hamster wheel of my thoughts and freedom from this deep, dark place that I was continually to, continuing to go down because of some of these really small things that I can control. I love the way that you put that because a lot of people interpret restriction as, oh, you're trying to control what I'm trying to do and restrict what I enjoy doing. But I love the fact that you're saying restriction with the freedom of alleviating certain symptoms that you're experiencing for your overall wellness. Now, I was reading in your website, which is wonderful, by the way, if you guys get a chance, please make sure you go check out her website. I'll make sure to link it up. The Wellness Glow Up Media is such a great page because you really amplify the voices of women of color and and also sharing stories, you know, and creating that dialogue with plenty of women who are often going through such diagnosis with mental or women's reproductive health or nutrition. And you mentioned you actually started integrating holistic wellness. So when you were in the work field of marketing and you were experiencing the symptoms, what made you shift? Because you mentioned something in your website where you were in and out of the doctor's office for about 10 years. So how did that start for you? How did you actually decide to say, you know what, I need to do a little bit more on my side. So what happened in that transition of you being in the workforce in and out of the office Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's funny because I think back to even when I first, even when my career first started is you're not taught a lot of these things because especially when you first get into the workforce and I'd say workforce as it relates to like more corporate, corporate, corporate atmosphere is you want to do well because you want to get promoted and you want to do all the things that everybody else is doing and you want to be noticed and seen and you want to go out and, and do all the things with all your coworkers and you are doing that to essentially put yourself up in a position to where you want to get promoted and you want to essentially climb the corporate ladder because as we all know, I think everybody knows the relationships make the world go around. So if you are in good with some of the higher ups and you do the things you need to do, you perform well, they'll promote you. And what was interesting and one of the big pieces aside from obviously the, um, the mental health stuff that I really started to notice and me like suppressing a lot of those things because I would just really try to numb myself from a lot of the things I was feeling. But one thing that really helped me And one thing I really started to recognize is, and as I was kind of transitioning, is not only was I having a ton of symptoms in and of itself of just things that the doctors could not figure out. They're like, hey, all of your scans, all the tests that we're running are completely clean. So I said to myself, okay, well, there's some reason. Something needs to be happening because... I can't have like completely clean scans and I I feel awful. So I obviously went down the the research rabbit hole and did all of the things. And even that's why I started my, started my platform and initially my podcast is because when I was doing all the research, I didn't see a ton of women of color that were talking about these things of like, again, holistic wellness and not eating, you know, lunch at your desk, like types of things, which again, are we don't, we're not really taught that. And so Mm -hmm. um, really kind of leading up to that, it was something where as soon as I was figuring out what I wanted to do with my career, that was when a lot of things shifted because for the longest time I played the corporate game of, okay, I want to, again, be seen. I'm going to hang out with people. I'm going to do all the things. But then when I started health coaching and starting to start to understand like, Hey, there's actually another way to make money and something where I was shifting my identity from understanding, okay, I don't need to be in the corporate world. I can actually create this thing on my own. I really started to notice a huge shift because again, when you're in the game and you're playing the game, you don't realize that sometimes you are losing the game (laughs) because Mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of the things that they want you to do again, like going to happy hour after, after work. I'm like, no, I actually would want to go home and I want to, you know, make some, make myself some dinner, you know, some doing some journaling, take a bath and go to bed. That's what I wanted to do. Or, Hey, I want you to be in, you know, 10 meetings today and they're all back to back when I'm like, okay, we need to schedule breaks in between them. And I didn't want to like do those things back to back. And so I really had to create these systems and processes for myself, obviously needed to fund whatever side businesses I was going to do, but I need to understand and be able to give like a clear opinion of, Hey, we need breaks during the day because 
I mean, there's a whole long list of reasons why we need breaks during yeah. the day because we're, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. But it was really when I started to understand I'm not playing this game anymore and I don't want to be in this game anymore. I don't want to be a player to where that really started to shift a lot of things because I knew at the end of the day, my goals were shifting because I didn't want to climb the corporate ladder. I wanted to be able to use my company or wherever I was at as an investor and at a private investor where they're investing in my business and funneling funds through there where again, my goals changed in the sense where I'm like, okay, not only can I use this to, you know, obviously shift my goals and shift, you know, what I actually want to do, but how in the meantime, do I set all these things up for myself from a holistic wellness standpoint to really ensure that I'm okay and that I'm going to live this healthy life because I wasn't doing it for, for a long time. So that, moment really was pivotal, pivotal for me to kind of be able to say, you know what, here's the route that I'm going to go. And here's the route that I'm going to stay on because I can't go back to what I was doing before. So that was kind of the, the huge moment for me. Amazing girl. And like, just even mentioning like the 10 minute breaks, like I talk about this to my colleagues a lot when we're in the offices, like I have my plants in there, my little diffuser, I have my little essential oil. I said, look, I'm gonna be here for eight hours. And I want to make sure that I'm well. And when I need to make sure I go on my walks and take my time, you know, and I love the fact that you were saying that you weren't going to actually go to happy hours anymore because there comes a point in your life where you're like, nah, I'm okay. I'm going to go home and take a nice warm hot bath and nurture myself because sometimes we need those breaks. So I, I am all for it. I also to know that sometimes we're missing out on social gatherings, but once again, we're restricting for the freedom of our wellness. And I think that has a bigger factor, especially when we're navigating to know like, we're, we're really young still right now. And we're not into like 40s, 50s and 60s. And when I start to see these conditions get worse and worse, depending on the person's health and diagnosis. So if we're able to take initiative now, like you are right now, then I know in the long run, we're going to have a better outcome in those transitions later on when we do hit our 40s and 50s. Now, I also want to mention that you actually also express going through a bit of amenorrhea, adrenal fatigue, and a little bit of hormonal imbalances. When did you actually start to notice those symptoms? Was this also in college or work or as you were transitioning into creating the wellness platform and speaking on these topics for women of color? Yeah. So <laughs> amenorrhea, that was, it's, it's one of those things, especially as a woman, it was, it's a, me- it's mentally taxing because if you don't have your period, that's like, it's just this thing where I felt like for the, the longest time, and again, we're, we're told obviously, and, and our bodies are made to, to bear children and to have children and be able to have that option to do so. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, it's been an interesting journey with that because a huge piece of also my mental health and a piece of my leaky gut is I was on birth control for 10 or so years and for about a decade. And I switched from the pill to an IUD and, and had a few other options in between. But for the longest time, I also wasn't necessarily educated on what my birth control options were. And so really when I was looking at my birth control options. I talk, we talked about, I think we talked about this on my, my, my podcast, but usually you're only given a few options and the best options are, okay, this isn't, again, when you're 16, 17 years old, hey, this option is going to give you boobs and this option is going to you know clear up your skin. Hey, I'm in, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't question it at, at any point because you're just like, I'm just going to continue to take it. Like there's going to be no harm in it because again, you're not really taught or educated on the issues that could arise from it. And so because I was on it for such a long time, my body was obviously not happy with me because again, I didn't, I never really had uh, in that 10 year time frame like a true period because my body was just on hormones. And so I would have a period bleed. And so it was interesting. So I remember I went into the doctor's office in 2018 on International Women's Day and I said, take my IUD out. And I had a full, like, it wasn't a blowout, but like I had a back and forth with my doctor because they, they didn't want to take it out. And so it was interesting because I remember that specifically doing it on International Women's Day and not having a period for about 10 years and fighting with my doctor to get my IUD taken out because I wanted to go the natural route and I wanted to like figure this out because again, I 
was also terrified as I was getting into the holistic wellness space at that point, I hear, you hear about all the stories of women coming, coming off birth control and they're like, like their bodies are messed up. And so I'm like, I, I can't have that happen. And so I finally got my IUD out. And from 2018, probably until the beginning of 2019, maybe in March of 2019, I didn't have a period. And so I did everything that I could do. I looked up all the holistic remedies to try, try and like figure this out and get my period back. So I really dove into, uh, obviously from a holistic standpoint, like nutrition, movement. I did all the things that I, that I had read about to get my period back because again, I, I, at some point I'd love to be able to have the option to have children. And mm-hmm. so it was a terrifying feeling for me to know that I potentially couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so over that time frame, it was also another piece of body image too, of understanding the fluctuations in my body because my body also, because I was doing two a days, because I wasn't feeding myself or because I had some of the leaky gut, you know, with the chicken and the egg thing, you know, which one came first, I wasn't getting the nutrients that I was, that my body needed. And so it was something where it was a long journey for that year or so to be able to get my period back and, you know, really just do these holistic methods and really just saying, I mean, crystal clear on my focus of, Hey, I need to get my period back. And everything else should fall into play at that point. But it was, it's interesting because when you think about like all of my health journey, I had these certain phases where I had to focus on certain things because, well, also at the end of the day, everything kind of goes back to each other, but I needed to focus on certain things because if I was focusing on my leaky gut and then focusing on amenorrhea, (laughs) focusing on, you know, all these little things, I wouldn't even know where to start. And I think that's something where, where especially with a lot of women, especially women of color who are Mm -hmm. disproportionately affected by health and wellness issues, we can get very overwhelmed with where do we start? And so even going into like my platform, that's why I created and am talking about a lot of these things because I just want people to know where to start. And I want women of color to understand like, Hey, this is where you can start and let's figure out all the other things going from that. But you know, that was kind of my amenorrhea journey in the sense that it was something that it was, that became very prevalent because of my birth control uh, that I was on for a long period of time. Why do you think your provider was so hesitant to take out your IUD? I, that's that's a whole other story about <laughs> the, the medical system. But what's interesting is when I was having this dialogue with her, it was very prevalent that she was just, again, nervous for me to get pregnant. And it was one of those things where again, she's obviously a doctor. She's incredibly educated. She has got, she has gone through, you know, leaps and bounds to get to where she is today as a doctor, as an OB. Mm -hmm. And we just had this, this conversation where again, she just was really pushing. And I don't know if this was more of our political beliefs or her spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs, but she was just, she kept bringing up that, you know, what am I going to do if I get pregnant? And I'm like, well, that's not, the, the story here about why birth control, why I'm using birth control. Yes, that was obviously it at some mm-hmm. point, but there's also other options for me to do. And even when I brought up the, the natural options, like she kind of like got a little weird about that too of, you know, I use, I use the Daisy fertility tracker right now and I've used it for a year and a half and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it's interesting because there's such a, and I think this is a larger issue that we have within the larger health and wellness space, but there's such a rift between this, between these Eastern and Western medicine concepts. Absolutely. And so it's, it's, it's interesting because at some point, like they need to fuse and overlap with each other, but there's just such a distinct, I, don't, I wouldn't say hatred, but there's just a very distinct way that they like to talk about things. And so again, that was kind of the conversation we had where she was just like, I don't want you, I don't want you to get pregnant. You know, I don't want you to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, well, there's other options for me to do so. At least let me explore them. And, mm-hmm. and so that was where we kind of ended is, Hey, I need to explore this at the end of the day. And so you know, it was kind of a, a bargaining chip, but it's, it's just, it was very, it was a very interesting and very weird conversation for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of times too, when we're having those dialogues with our OBGYN providers or GYN providers, there is hesitation on their part because in the healthcare system, that's like you said, there's very thin line between Western and Eastern. They're not taught prevention. They're not taught nutrition. They're not taught holistic routes. They're taught how to treat. And so those dialogues often are very firm, very like, you need to do this. And if you do otherwise, then there might be consequence. And sometimes I'll, some providers come off like that. And not to say that all providers and doctors are like that, but some of them do come off like that. And then that puts kind of like that fear into that patient. And so sometimes patients stay on like, oh, okay, you know what, you know what, never mind. I'll stay on this plan of care because I feel like, you know, what's best for me. But the whole initiative is the patient, the woman of color, 
the woman taking initiative of her health saying, hey, you should be able to support this for me, at least to navigate different options versus being on a medication that might affect my reproductive health in the long run or other areas too, not just a reproductive health, you know, because there's medications can affect different parts of the body, right? And so you were navigating that. So how long have you been off the IUD and what have what has been your journey? What can you say to a young girl who is deciding to decide, do I go on a birth control pill or do I not? Like, what would you kind of advise, like a quick tip to a young girl? Yeah. And, and so my journey overall, again, when I got it out in Mar- on March 8th, I always remember this day, March 8th, 2018, is it's been a, an amazing journey because what I also didn't realize, and this is more of like the psychological and mental component of it kind of mixed with the physical is I didn't realize how disconnected I was with my body and disconnected with my, with obviously with my period, but with a lot of my feminine type of energy, especially because I had been in the corporate space for probably eight years at that point, And I was go, go, go do all the things. And so as soon as I was like, okay, this is, this is my body and I need to take care of my body. And I need to be in this really feminine type of energy to be able to like really have this period and be able to like get into this space. It was honestly a complete transformation for me because I realized that I was not necessarily compartmentalizing a lot of that portion, but it was something where to your point, I'm on the East coast and I'm in the tri-state area to where I didn't realize the impact that it was having on my larger body and my, essentially my, my spirit and my energy as it relates to that. Again, we can get into the woo, but it was something where it has been the most enlightening piece of my journey because I've realized that I can be in my feminine and receiving things. I don't have to, you know, give and go all the time. I have the ability to rest. I have the ability to energize, re-energize myself. And so that has been an incredible journey, just kind of, again, getting back to my body and understanding what my body needs and be able to listen to it. Because I think that so many times we, our bodies just, you know, signal red flags and we don't want to listen. So that has been incredibly enlightening. But if somebody is debating if they want to go off or on birth control, what I would say is, number one, obviously consult with your practitioner and consult with your doctor and there's obviously many reasons to not go on birth control, but there's some people that need to go on birth control and need to be on certain types of birth birth control. So absolutely consult with your doctor. But one thing I will say is understand why you're going on it. So again, I think a lot of people and a lot of young girls will go on it because again, like I mentioned before, we get to have boobs and it'll clear up our skin. So (laughs) it's, it's something where I really want you to take a moment and ask yourself, why do you want to go on it? Why, what is the reasoning for you? Obviously there may be medical reasons and that's obviously very valid, but if you're going on it because again, you're scared of getting pregnant or if you're, you're having skin issues or if you are, if something's going on in your body right now, I would check with your hormones first and understand and either do some sort of Dutch test with a practitioner that may be more of a, uh, that may be more of like a holistic uh, doctor, but understand your why behind going on it and understand the, and really educate yourself. I think at the the end of the day, you know, we're talking through a pandemic within a pandemic. And I think at the end, at the end of the day, a lot of the things that we're talking about right now is everybody just needs to educate themselves. Everybody just needs to be their own best health advocate and really search and understand the, the stuff that's out there. Because at the end of the day, the information is out there. We're living in an informational age. Now you obviously have to decipher and you have to be very cognizant of the things that you're consuming and the information that you're consuming and, and deciphering what, what you're going to listen to and what you're not going to listen to. And that's, you know, that sometimes can be a full-time job that sometimes is, is very, we're going to hold, we're going to need to be able to hold ourselves accountable to these things because again, we can complain and we can say, Oh, you know, the doctor put me on it. And I can say, you know, Hey, my doctor put me on it. And uh, I was on it for 10 or so years, but I never took the time to actually learn about the actual effects that it has on my body. And that is something that I'm fully accountable for because again, I need to be able to do the research and the educate and educate myself on the back end. So uh, to, to kind of go back to, to your initial question, number one, again, I would, I would work with your practitioner and understand exactly why you need to, why you need to go on it. If there's medical reasons, obviously that those are incredibly valid, but I would also consult with them on what, on any other health issues that you're having, whether that's again, skin related or even sometimes gut related, what have you. Number two, I would also do education outside of all of that and get very clear about the potential ways that 
uh, birth control can show up for you, both pros and cons. Again, somebody I highly recommend checking out is Dr. Jolene Brighton. She is amazing within the space, and she is somebody that I I really uh, value her opinion in terms of birth control. So definitely check her out. But again, understand your why of why you want to go on birth control, and if there's any other symptoms that you may need to address as it relates to hormones. And number three, which is more woo, and I always need to include some woo into my reasoning. But mm-hmm. from an energetic standpoint, understand that you are putting an external thing inside your body, whether it's a pill, whether it's a plastic thing or, or something else. So be very cognizant of that in terms of what you want to allow within your energetic space in your body, especially, again, as we talked about in my podcast, the womb space as a sacred space. So understand and get very clear that you are putting some foreign object into your body that is going to impact the way that your body works. So, um, from a spiritual standpoint, also understand if that's something that you want to go down that path as well. Girl, (laughs) that was well said. Um, Thank you so much. I really love the fact that you said, understand your why as to why you want to get on a birth control pill. If that is a decision that you're going to make. I think, like you said, often at times we do make these decisions quickly because like you said, you know, we're being sold to get on the birth control pill because it's going to grow our boobies. Well, at least for me, you know, it didn't really work that way, but, (laughs) but, you know, I didn't understand my why. And I, to this point, wish I would hold myself more accountable as to doing more research, because I think now that we understand more because we've created these platforms, it's like, why didn't I hold myself accountable because now we're going through these transitions and now we're questioning like, could it have been a contributing factor to where I'm at now? And so I write those questions and journal them out because I don't need those thoughts to impact my mind because then I start impacting my soul and my health and doubt and fear start to kick in. And so I love the fact that you said, even though it's like overlooked at journaling, but journal can express so much because you're releasing a lot of energy and inner thoughts as well. Kayla, when you were actually doing your certification for health coach um, with the Institution of Integrative Nutrition, what was your experience like? Did you get a lot of like factors like I wish I would have done this sooner or were you like this is in perfect transition for me to actually redirect where I'm going at right now? I think it was both. What's (laughs) something about me that I've come to realize and understand about myself is that I am, and this is something that I don't think a lot of women will say, but I've been very cognizant of my downplay of it, but I'm very, I'm very bright. I'm really smart. And so if I know something is wrong with myself, I will research it to death and I will obviously make a very educated decision on things. So going into those studies, I would read a lot of the stuff or or see the videos that they would give us and it all made sense. And what was cool about it is they, they took, they, what's interesting about IIN is they do like a very like wellness based type of programming, but then they also do like a business coaching type of based uh, curriculum. So I kind of got both of them there. So what was cool about the nutrition piece is kind of going deep into a lot of this stuff. Cause they also have like some very, again, holistic wellness methods as they're, as they're talking about like spirituality, money and things like that. But then they also got really, really granular with the actual nutrition piece, which is really cool for me because again, I, I don't knew, I don't, I've never done like a nutrition type of course before. And so that was really cool for me. And it, it helped me understand a lot of these things like, okay, blueberries has antioxidants. Great. So it was something that uh, was really helpful there, but it also definitely earmarked as my transition and my pivot from what I thought was possible. Because again, within this wellness space, there's not a lot of women of color who are building, especially for me, again, I think that we're all taught like, hey, be a coach and like just do coaching. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the easiest thing because you see a ton of people, especially coaches who are health coaches helping other health coaches or business coaching, business coaches helping health coaches. And so for a long time, that's what I wanted, what I thought I wanted to do. But I remember there's a speaker at uh, one of the, one of the, I think it was like a webinar that they had put on and mm-hmm. she was building somewhat of a wellness platform aside from coaching. And I remember thinking to myself, I would love to again, build this wellness media platform and build it in the sense of not only not restricting myself to just coaching, because I also felt like when I was talking about coaching within the program and a lot of other people, like, yeah, I'm going to be a coach. I felt very boxed in and I mm-hmm. felt 
like I was going to become a caricature of myself because I like to talk a lot about a lot of different things. I love to talk about anything from musicals to, you know, the best lube out there. So it's something where I felt very boxed in at that point. But because of that one webinar during my time in my studies there, I was like, you know what? There's so many other other more platforms and ways that I can go because I'm also starting to see as you're in this holistic wellness space, you're starting to see other people that, again, look like you, talk like you, act like you and say, oh, they're doing it and I can do it as well. So it was pivotal for me to do that program because again, not only from a nutritional, very like sciencey based standpoint, they helped me a lot with that, but they also helped me to see that I can pivot and do something that not only will I love, but something that I can continue to build upon and create for myself. Because even at that point, I was coming to like, I think the universe always works its way out and will always show you what you need to see at certain moments. But at that point, I was also kind of fed up with my corporate career. I'm like, I don't want to build, I don't want to go up the corporate ladder. I'd rather build my own ladder. And so it was essentially both. And it was really beautiful. They both of them came together in that moment of time when I most needed it. I'm loving your platform. So what's coming up with your wellness globe platform? Because I see that you're working on a lot. And so what do we have to look forward to for? Yeah, there's so, somebody just said that to me the other day. They're like, you're doing a lot. Like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely, the, I mean, the podcast is my first true love. And it was, you know, the thing that I started before kind of anything. And so the podcast, I'm continue to grow and there's a lot more things that I'm going to do with the podcast. And so I'm really excited with that. And also I just added the blog. The blog is going to continue to be an amazing, amazing platform. Obviously I'm writing a lot of stuff on there, but I'm having a lot more ghostwriter submissions where people and especially women of color want to not only share stories about what's happening in their lives, but there's a lot of really dope health coaches and wellness professionals that have amazing tips and tricks for a lot of people. So a lot of stuff is going to happen there with the blog and like amplifying that. Um, but also coming up and I'm really excited for this is our wellness globe workshops. And so something that I wanted to do for a long time is I've wanted to create a safe space outside of the podcast. Cause again, when we're having a podcast, like obviously we're having a conversation, you you right now are listening to it, but mm -hmm. how can we go deeper? How can you go deeper with these amazing people who are experts in their field that you can get, you know, either in a group coaching setting or in potentially after that, a one-on-one -on -one setting where you can dive deeper into some of these things. Because I remember, again, when I was going through my wellness stuff, I'm like, I don't see a ton of platforms that are actually offering like a human design class to tell me about my human design chart and how I should be working or, you know, talking about meditation and then different ways of meditating. Because for me, meditation, like I can't just sit and like breathe for a while. Actually, actually moving meditation works better for me. So like talking through stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to be putting on wellness globe workshops and they're going to be starting in the beginning of August. And we're going to have, again, amazing speakers come on there. So I'm super excited for that. We just launched our classes. And so I have about 10 classes on our platform right now that are amazing. And again, are just step-by-step -step classes of anything and everything you kind of want to dive into. And we'll be adding more there. But I'm also super, super excited. And this is something that I've also been working really hard on is our membership platform. So my goal, again, in anything that I do is to create and cultivate safe spaces for brown and black folks that are uh, obviously uh, feel like they're tokens in other situations and feel like when they're in other spaces, they are not safe and that they are not welcome. And so my goal with the membership is not only to create this community and this platform of women of color who are really, again, I think of this, especially as we're talking about this right now, it's not just you focusing on your health in one particular moment or a journey. It's a movement. We are literally creating a movement for women of color to be our healthiest selves because at the end of the day, we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish and we want to do and we want to create and we're so good at it, but we need to be healthy and well first. And so uh, the membership platform that I've created is simply serving that. Again, it's a community. You get all of the classes that I ever put out and um, those would be on the platform. You'll get first access to all of our Wellness Globe workshops. And there's a lot of other amazing goodies coming with the membership. But um, those are kind of the things that I have going on and the things I'm going to continue yeah. to build. Yes. Um, but I'm really excited for them because it's something where, especially as soon as I, because I, again, I, I was coaching for a while. As soon as I pivoted into this work, like things started to just open up and things started to be a lot easier and flow a lot better. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for you, girl. You know, like people say, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know what? It's just, you know, the universe just aligns it for you. And it doesn't feel stressful because at the same time, 
we know when to take the breaks. We know when to say, okay, you know what, let me check in on myself and be able to provide. And the fact that you're creating a platform where women actually get to have a safe place, but also see a different opportunity when it comes to the wellness and health journey, because I always say, you know, if the provider's not providing it, it's not because they're not providing. It's just that they're just focusing on treating. And so now we have to focus on the women who are actually have been experiencing, perhaps our journeys would have been painful. Some decisions would have been, oh, I should have done a better research or should have decided um, to wait a little longer or whatever the health reason is. But just like you, Kayla, you had to go through those transitions to birth wellness glow up media, right? And so now you're pivoting into where you actually need to be because you're not just speaking one for oneself. You're bringing this platform to several women. And that's what I love seeing women in creating and advocating more in the wellness space because it is needed. Now you mentioned something about choosing a healthy lube. <laughs> Let's talk about sex and intimacy. You know, often at times women say, well, I'm not going to get a lube because I don't need it. You know, I should be able to have a orgasm just the way I want to. But you mentioned lube. Any recommendations for any women who are still kind of a little iffy about like I don't know I don't even know where to start when it comes to lubes like is there like maybe a store or online or a product that you might have said hey I try this and it's not so bad you know yeah Me. so woo more play is my favorite and I think that's the only one that I've used so <laughs> I'm very structured and very if I find something I'm sticking with it until like the wheels fall off <laughs> so <laughs> woo more play is definitely yeah. a good one um, and they're also all natural because I think that's another piece of this is like, mm. you know, a lot of us can go to CVS and go, you know, find a, a lube, but quite frankly, a lot of that stuff is, there's a whole host of issues potentially with not only the ingredients in the actual lube itself, but if you are using condoms, like the way that the actual lube will interact with the condom is a whole nother story. So obviously finding safe alternatives for mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff is and really important. So Woo More Play is my favorite, but it's interesting because when we're talking about like lube, I think that again, there's, to your point, there's a, like a stigma surrounding it in terms mm -hmm. of like, I just, if I can't get wet, then there's a huge issue. It's like, well, as you start to get older, like there's going to be things mm -hmm. that are going to prevent some of that. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something where even from the standpoint of like making it fun with your partner, like mm -hmm. I think, I think it was Woo More Play, it might have been another brand, but they, they it's like a, it's a warming lube where mm -hmm. like there's a warming sensation with it, which feels amazing. So um, I would definitely, again, just, just, try it and play with it. Like it's, it's, it's something where it's like, it's not the end of the world if you use it or if you don't, but like, yeah. why not? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I always tell women, you know, well, first, like, it's just like birth control. You got to make your search. You got to decide if it's good for you. If you try, you like it, you continue with it until the wheels fall off, like you said, or if not, then you find an alternative. Um, that's what I love about your platform. You just talk about everything. It's like, I love it. Um, having that said, were there any two good books in your journey as you were studying and then working and then filling the shoes of your mom, as well as now being a leader in the wellness platform for women of color? Was there any two helpful books that you actually read that really helped you spiritually or in your wellness journey? So many, so many. And I, <laughs> I, I am an avid reader. I mean, I, I can, I probably read like a book a week. And so there's a lot of books that, that kind of come to mind, but there's some that have been incredibly, incredibly impactful for me. So, and I'll, and I'll break a couple down. So number one, and this is more of a more recent one, but Untamed by Glennon Doyle has been phenomenal. I mean, it, especially from the standpoint of just this, just what she's talking about and the way that she's wording and just the beautiful writing. Uh, I highly recommend you check her out because she, that book was phenomenal and that's more of a more recent one. Another more recent one. And this is something that is really, was really helpful for me from just a holistic standpoint. Um, and it's more money-based is um, I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi is, and what's important for that is he also talks about what a rich life looks like. And I think a lot of us, especially within this space, will talk about, uh, you know, not wanting to spend certain money on things or not having the funds to be able to do things. And so he talks about the rich, a rich, having a rich life from the perspective of, okay, what are those core categories that you will always spend money on? What are those core categories that are like so incredibly important to you, but then cutting everything else 
uh, and making sure that you are only spending money on the things that you love. It's kind of like the Marie Kondoing of finances, but mm-hmm. it was really helpful for me to be able to say, okay, what am I actually like, what, what I'd love to spend money on. And again, at the end of the day, most of us, if you're listening to this podcast, health and wellness based self-alignment stuff, mm-hmm. um, kind of came up for me. That was really helpful for me to reframe a lot of my thinking as it relates to that. So those are kind of two books that are, uh, that have been really, really powerful for me. Um, one that's kind of stood the the test of time is, uh, the alchemist. I think that everybody's kind of read that book. I've read it like five times, but that's been incredibly helpful just Mm -hmm. because it's like, I always catch something after I read it the whatever time that I read it before, but I always catch something new when I read it. And that has been incredibly helpful. Um, there's also just a ton of, of authors that I love in terms of like everybody that are, that are, that's in the health and wellness space. Like one of the ones where it's, it was, it was really helpful for me to reframe a lot of these things is, is Koya Webb's book um, that she, I think it's, uh, I remember what, I can't remember what the actual title of it is, is but uh, Koya Webb's book is really good. Um, I also love um, a lot of, I mean, obviously we're talking at a time where with a, a pandemic, within a pandemic. So obviously reading any and all um, social justice and racial injustice books and understanding, you know, the, obviously the complexities of that. I mean, I can go on for days, <laughs> yeah, but, but those are the ones that like really have helped me as it relates to like just getting my mind around things and also providing a different perspective of things. So um, those are the few ones that I know and I love. Well, first of all, how do you get a week? Uh, I'm sorry, a book per week. I can barely get through a book like in two or three weeks, girl. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting is so a lot of people are like, oh, you're, you love Audible and you'll love like listening to this. I actually hate listening to books, mm-hmm. but something that I've learned and I've, I've been reading, I've read, started reading really, really early. I am really good at speed reading and I can like highlight things and then come back to them and like understand certain concepts where literally I can read like a page within like 10 to 15 seconds and get the gist of it. Cause I also have a photo, like really good photographic memory. So mm-hmm. It's just something, it's also a huge piece of my self-care to where like, I have to like actually schedule time in for me to read every day because it helps me to just, you know, calm down and reframe a lot of things. So that's good to know, you know, because I have books too. I have my own little library here at home too, but I'm not like you, a, a book a week. Uh, I, I do take my time sometimes, but reading does help me mindfully to distress from everything that's going on right now. Um, I know you shared a couple of things with your, what's coming up with the Wellness Globe Media. Um, But if people wanted to find you, how can they find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me, my personal account is at Kayla Nedza, and then our brand account is Wellness Globe Up Media, and we are on Twitter and Facebook as well, so go check us out there. Cool. Now, is there any upcoming promos? I know you mentioned like you have the membership and I know you mentioned you're going to have the workshops. If someone wanted to join the membership, can they look that up right now or is that still going to be announced? Yeah. So the membership is currently live and you can go and sign up there. It's just wellnessglowup.com and uh, you'll have all the details there. But um, definitely workshops are coming up, but I think the best way, the best thing is for people to sign up for the membership because then they'll get free access to all of the workshops going forward. So if you're like, Hey, I want to dive fully in 2020 into my wellness and really just go full force. I'd highly recommend the membership because you're getting an amazing price for all of the stuff that you're going to get. So yeah, check it out on the website. Amazing. And if someone wants to get in contact with you, do you have an email address that they can actually shoot you an email? I also want to be mindful too that I know in these transitions, we can be very occupied and also with everything going on. But if someone can contact you, where would that be? Of course, email me hello at wellnessglowup.com. What's funny is <laughs> I give my email and then, and then people don't usually email me. They usually DM me and I'm like, DM no, me? Just, just e- email me. And they're like, no, but like DM is better. I'm like, but no, email me <laughs> because, like, <laughs> because we get so many DMs and so many like just it's crazy to me how many DMs a lot of some of these, some of these people, especially like now, just yeah. all the requests that I get. I'm like, just, just email me. Yeah, <laughs> just put no. in my email. I'm guilty. I was one of them. I was like, wait, I got to email her, you know, cause I'm also <laughs> used to getting used to like email, email. So that way I have a thorough um, follow up. And I think it's even better too, because then you can um, share links and do a more composure email to understand what the person's trying to communicate. So I do appreciate advocating for more emails because it helps stay <laughs> coordinated and organized. Kayla, any last words of wisdom for our listeners or audiences that are trying to see how to navigate their wellness journey? 
Yeah, that's a loaded question, Lilia. So uh, no. <laughs> I think I think where we're at right now, what's kind of coming to me and what I feel compelled to share is to be kind to one another and to ensure that we and this obviously very sounds very esoteric, but lead with compassion, lead with empathy, lead with kindness, because at the end of the day, a lot of us are in really good places of privilege and there's a lot of people that are not. And so when we're talking about holistic wellness, we can, we cannot ignore the fact that we need to lead with a lot of the compassion and empathy that we are giving a lot of people, because I think that right now a lot of people are hurting and a lot of people are angry and frustrated and a lot of people are going through a lot of things. So if you're listening this to this right now, I highly recommend that you understand and really practice empathy and kindness and really love towards other people. And when we're talking about that from a larger standpoint, understanding how you are contributing to this message of empathy and kindness in the world, because I think we need more of that right now. We need more empathy and being able to connect with one another, each other as a, as a society and as individuals. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Um, once again, if you have any questions for Kayla, she will be available. Make sure you email her, but let's also be considerate of her time as well, because like she said, you know, these are transitions that we're all going through. And I think most importantly, be empathetic towards individuals and communities right now that are going through some hard transitions as well. 